it went older, it went younger. We, we can't control that stuff. And what I control in my auditions is my preparation and what I do on the mark in the moment. It's like, that's what I can control. Welcome to Get Seen Unscripted. I'm your host, Jesse Malinowski. We are going to dive into acting insights, meet industry pros, and master the business. Don't forget to subscribe and share. We're keeping you behind the scenes and ahead of the game. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is Get Seen Unscripted. I have to say thank you so much to everybody that is leaving a review, listening, or if you're watching on YouTube, commenting. It really does mean a lot. I love uh, reading all of the comments and all of the reviews and just really seeing that this podcast is making an impact in your actor journey. So thank you so much. And we got to give some love to D.Y. Pierce who said, I have been soaking up Gitsin's knowledge for the past year. Now that they are bringing guests from every sector of film and acting to the podcast, the knowledge their guests share is even more accessible. Every episode has a nugget of wisdom to digest. And we're about to bring you some more nuggets right now. Thank you, Mr. or Mrs. Pierce. And with that, everyone, we got an actor on the podcast today. It is Mr. Jason McDonald. What's up, man? How hey, are you? Hey, Jesse. Glad to be here, man. Dude, Thanks for having me. So happy to have you yeah. here. And you do so much within the Atlanta community. And so it's uh, it really is great to have you, man. I can't wait to um, get to know you even more. I mean, we know each other yeah. pretty well, but yeah. I think we're going to dive deep today. Let's dive deep, man. Um, thanks for having me. And, you know, you, you and I have both been in this uh, in this this town for what, like over 10 years as yeah. far as, as far as teaching, as far as educating. And yes. We kind of started at the same time and we do a little bit different things, but I, I love the community here and I love that we're part of the community here together. So yeah, Glad man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And I can't agree more. And, and if you guys don't know Jason, he's one of the co-founders of Drama Inc. Uh, they teach incredible classes. So if you guys don't know them, definitely go check them out and you're going to learn more about it as we continue. But Jason, as an actor, you're actually super jealous, a dual citizen, so you can you can work in Canada and here. Can you talk about that? I know one of the uh, one of the incredible projects you got being a dual citizen was getting to work with Kevin Hart. So yeah. can you can you kind of maybe talk about that experience and how that's really been able to help you elevate in what you do as an actor? Yeah, and it's a it's really an incredible story because that movie, Man from Toronto. Sony Pictures, $77 million budget, um, ended up on Netflix. But that's another story. Um, yeah. But it uh, was going to shoot in Atlanta. I auditioned in Atlanta in 2020, early 2020, booked it, and I was supposed to shoot in April of 2020, and we all know what happened then, right? Yeah. So, um, so in the summer of 2020, I was looking at the trades. You know, I read Deadline, I read Hollywood Reporter, and I just saw a blip that Man from Toronto was going to start shooting in Toronto. And I was like, well, dang, um, let me get on, you know, let me figure this out. So I contacted my Toronto agent. She talked to casting in Toronto and they were kind of like, well, yeah, yeah, he can audition. And she's like, no, no, he got cast in the part in Atlanta. And they're like, yeah, well, he can audition. You had to audition again? Well, I didn't. Oh, okay. Because then I texted Chase Paris and I'm very fortunate to have a relationship as you do with Chase. He was my agent before he became a casting director. So I was like, hey, Chase, Man from Toronto's uh, shooting in Toronto now, and I can work there as a local. Anything you can help with? And he shot off an email to somebody. An hour and a half later, I get a call from my LA agent saying, so confused, saying, 
yeah, you just booked this movie in Canada with Kevin Hart. <laughs> uh, wow. And so I had to explain to my LA agent, I was like, okay, this is what happened. Um, so, you know, I was local hire up there. I had two demands. I said, uh, not demands, but I had two requests. Can I please be paid in Canadian or in American dollars rather than Canadian dollars, which they agreed to? And can I be on a SAG contract rather than an ACTRA contract, which is the union up there? Because I wanted to pay into my pension and health here. And they agreed to that too. And um, I had to get myself up there, but they gave me housing stipend and they really, it was a really nice deal. They really took care of me. And I went up there and quarantined for two weeks mm, and then yeah. sat around while dates changed and dates changed and dates changed. Because this is fall. September of 2020, right? Everyone's testing. COVID's still rampant. Uh, Kevin Hart's chef got COVID, so that shut everything down for oh, a few geez. days. It was just like stuff like that. So uh, by the time I got to shoot, uh, it was an incredible... Have you worked with him? Did you do... No, not no? yet. No. Yeah. Um, there's like... He's one of the kindest people that I've ever worked with in this business. Gracious, um, so generous, so complimentary. Like being on set with him, first, you know, I'm glad I've done some improv in the past because <laughs> there's the script and then there's what Kevin Hart says. That's, that's, very <laughs> that's awesome. Right? Um, like if you watch this scene in the movie and he's like doing this thing with his thumbs, he's like, I'm going to poke your eyes out. He made that shit up on the spot. Nice. Like it was incredible. <laughs> and Sony actually released some uh, some BTS video, some bloopers and of me hanging from the ceiling and him like cracking up because he kept laughing. He kept laughing at his own stuff, which was hilarious. Um, but he was incredible. Like he, after we did like the first couple of rehearsals day one, and then, um, maybe we did a couple, we shot a couple of things and he's like, he's like, Jason, thank you so much, man. You're giving me so much good stuff to work off of. You're, you're giving me so much to play off of. Thank you. Like that. He didn't need to do that. Mm -hmm. He could have just ignored me. I was the guy hanging from the ceiling. Right. Um, but, and then in that, when we would go to do another setup or they would be changing angles, he would be like, instead of going back to his trailer, he's like. Hey, hey, like check Jason's wrist. Jason, how are your wrists? They doing okay? Those handcuffs seem to be cutting into you. And I'm like, I'm okay, Kevin. He's like, props, props. Put some more moleskin on those handcuffs. They're cutting into Jason's. I'm like, no, really, it's okay. Wow. And like that level of kindness and caring when the guy could just be chilling in his trailer. Uh, just a great attitude on set. I loved working with him. If you're an actor, I invite you to our Booked It Challenge coming up on February 5th. It's four weeks and only $48. The challenge is broken up into three main aspects. One, giving you strategy to help you get more auditions. The second is giving you tactics to implement into your auditions to make them bookable. And then the third is we bring in a casting director every single week. This challenge is gonna help you grow in such a big way and really give you momentum here in 2024. And I have really good news for you, everyone. Use the promo code UNSCRIPTED20 and it will save you $20. Meaning it brings the challenge down to $28, everyone. Only $7 a week. And every single class is recorded. So if you have to miss a week, don't worry. We got you covered. So use the promo code UNSCRIPTED20 and I look forward to seeing you at our Booked It Challenge starting February 5th. Now enjoy the show. That's um, incredible. And how do you how do you think that? Because I feel like I had like a similar experience. Well, I, actually, several experiences. But where you you see that lead actor and they're just so kind, and you're like, that's why they're here. Like I, yeah. I see how you got to yeah. this point. And then I'm I'm always like, I want to bring that next time I'm on set. How how do you think that 
we can like bring that without being like overkill, right? Because then it like it can be weird too, as like the one day guy comes on or the the one week guy comes on, and and we're just like trying to be overly kind and all that stuff. How how do you think we can bring that onto every set we we are and that that type of kindness? Yeah, I mean, part of you know we'll probably talk about mantras and and um, affirmations later, but one one of mine is you know one of my affirmations, daily affirmations, is I lead with kindness and grace. That's how I want to start every day is giving people grace, trying to see it from their perspective, not jumping to uh, conclusions or anger, which in my past was was a thing. Um, I think just just being kind and being interested in people. You know, I've had the opportunity. I'm lucky in my career the last few years. Um, you know, I've bumped up on the call sheet on some stuff. And when I did Home Safe, I was number two on the call sheet. When I did Don't Sweat the Small Stuff with Heather Locklear, I was number two on the call sheet. And it feels different at that place. Right. Um, and for me, I'm trying to make eye contact and, and chit chat with everybody if they're open to it. You know, like some, you know, crew guys sometimes don't give a crap about the actors. <laughs> right. But just treating everyone with respect, understanding that everyone has their job. You know this, Jesse. This, it's, it's like baseball, right? Everyone has their position and we're there to play our position and we can't. We can't play our position without everyone else in theirs. Right. And so understanding that, going to any set, even as a new actor, understanding that you're just a part of the bigger picture is super important. Um, we're cogs in the wheel. But yeah, leading with kindness and great. You and I both worked with Michelle Dockery, right? On Good Behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, what a kind. Well, I, I actually worked with Ann Dowd. Oh, you worked with Ann Dowd. That's right. Which was yeah. equally as incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. But people like that who are happy to be there. You know, you think about being a series regular uh, repeatedly and being at that level. Don't you think you should be kind of like, hey, <laughs> this is really nice. I've got a good life. Uh, I'm paid really well, and I'm going to treat people well. Now, you and I have both worked on sets where that's not always the case, right? Where, mm -hmm. where number one and two in the call sheet are not open and not friendly. And I get that on certain shows. I, someone once complained to me about Nina Dobrev on Vampire Diaries. It's like, oh, yeah, she barely even talked to me. I was like, she has an entire show on her shoulders. Yeah. She's not thinking about this scene. She's thinking about the next scene, the scene after that, and what she's shooting tomorrow and the next episode and the photo shoot she's got to do and the PR thing she has to do. Mm -hmm. It's like, don't take it personally. So, you know, if Nina Dobrev doesn't go, hi, hey, nice to meet you, <laughs> it's not about you. Right. Right. Think about what her workload is. Incredible. And, Side note, Nina Dobrev's one of my favorite people in the world, also from Toronto, also Canadian. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. And we bonded over that. So um, I played her dad on Vampire Diaries. So, Sweet. Yeah. So I don't know if I answered the question, but it's... No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> about, yeah, I think all of us leading with kindness and grace, um, no matter what position you're playing. On you, say, you say that you want to, you, that you start like every day with that. What exactly, like, can you kind of break that down? How do you make sure that you like remind yourself of that? And you make sure that that's at the forefront of your mind. Because I think a lot of us can be like, that sounds good. I want to do that. And then tomorrow comes and we forget. And the next day comes and you know, now we're just back to life. So how can we actually lead with that? Um, I have a great morning routine that I stick to pretty much when I'm in town. Um, and that's walking my dogs with no phone, no headphones, no nothing. I mean, I have my watch. But... Uh, no distractions. And it's just time for me to think. And then that is every morning when I do that, I start my affirmations. And some of the, you know, some of the ones I use every day are, uh, 
I'm grateful for this day and uh, I lead with kindness and grace and um, I release the past, mm. which has always been a big one for me because they're you know, things that we all hold on to. And then they alter, you know, they change. But that's just my morning routine is to get out, walk the dogs, get my mindset set, and then come home, have a cup of tea, work out, and dive into the day. Um, nice. So, you know, it, some mornings I'm, <laughs> I'll get a mile into the walk and I'm like, oh, I haven't done any affirmations yet because yeah. I'm thinking about other stuff or I'm not, in, you know, I'm tired or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, there we go. Right. Grateful for this day. You know? Yeah. Um, it just ma it matters. Yeah, you know it's something that's so and and I I, I um from Tony Robbins he talked about this like hour of power which is kind of similar to what you're mm -hmm. talking about where you, you just kind of go on a walk and he focuses it more on uh, great gratitude and gratefulness. I, I love the affirmations as well. I should probably throw that in. Um, but what I realized was at one point I was um I was outside the perimeter living in Dunwoody, so it was more of like a neighborhood, and I just walked on the sidewalk, and then I moved into the city, and I had a condo, and so I stopped the walk because, like, it was just louder yeah. outside, and in the the fumes from the you know buses and all that stuff, and and so I stopped, and when I stopped, I was like, you know, I gotta I gotta get back to this, and it was so interesting when I finally did, I realized that I wasn't as good at it, hmm. that it really takes practice, that it is a practice, the affirmations, the gratitude, and if you don't so I think for anyone listening, like, keep in mind that, like, you might not be good at the affirmations right off the sure. bat that, yeah, it takes practice. It takes repetition, just just like acting work, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have days where I wake up and I'm pissed off about something that happened the day before. And uh, it's a good way to get myself into that mindset of, OK, that was yesterday. And what can I do today to make things better or to you know, I'm, I'm, um, I hate conflict. I'm a person that just, I just can't stand conflict. I'm, I want to resolve things. When I, I had a restaurant here in Atlanta before I opened Drama Inc. I co-owned a restaurant for seven years and you know, the, you know, the restaurant industry. Uh, <laughs> I do not, not like you though. You, I, would, you, I would imagine you, you get some interesting people working in restaurants. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you, I discovered, uh, you know, in, as an adult that there are people that like conflict that like, um, to fight that mm -hmm. like to have drama and chaos. So I'm always trying to work counter to that, right? How can we find a smooth way out of this? And I know we're gonna talk a little bit about Drama Inc. and my partners, but one of my partners, Claire Bronson, the thing I love most about her is that she does not let anything fester. Like we can have a little you know, disagreement about something, um, a major disagreement about something, and she will call like four hours later and she'll be like, okay, Let's talk about this. This is what I'm thinking. This is where I was coming from. And I love that. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that in other people that they're like able to reflect and go, okay, all right. Maybe I'm not 100% right on this. Let's, let's talk about it. And um, so many people that are just so like my way or the highway, it doesn't work. We have to compromise. We have to compromise in this industry and we have to compromise in life. We have to take the wins and the losses and go, okay, well, that didn't work out the way I thought it was going to, but but look at this great thing that could potentially come out of this, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and how how do you think how do you think we get there? Or mm -hmm. or, or or how has Claire mastered that maybe? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to ask her. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny in the because we have four partners, right? My wife and I, Catherine, and then Scott and Claire. And uh um Catherine and Scott have always been kind of the quiet too. And Claire and I have always been like, come on, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know. And that means that we can we can bump heads. Um, but I don't know, 
I think for Claire, you know, it's from something in her upbringing, something about she had to navigate a lot of stuff as a kid. And I think she just became, she was an adult very at a very early age. Um, so I think she's learned how to navigate adult problems from a very early age. And she's good uh, at it. So, yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and I think there's also a part of just like making it less about you, mm. you know, and, and when you make it less about you and, and more about, you know, I had this on, um, we, we talked about this on the podcast with Charles Green, actually, but he, he talked about within, within his audition, uh, make it less about me and more about we. Yeah. And, but I think that is actually a great lesson just for life yeah. is like, yeah. we need to get it off us, just like in the scene work, right? And in our <sighs> auditions, it's like, yeah. get it off of us and more about us. And, or more about like just me and more about the us, the us, we, yeah, we yeah. Um, it will be, it will always serve you. Always. Yeah. And I think, you know, collaborate, we're collaborative artists, right? That's what we do. We, we work with other people. I mean, how many sets have you been on? You know, hundreds of sets that you've been on Jesse where you're like, you come in with an idea and then that's not exactly the idea they want. And you're having to adjust on the fly and that's what we do. We we adjust on the fly as artists, as actors, and um, I think it helps us as humans too. Yeah, being able to roll with the punches. So. Uh, back to you being a dual citizen. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I love. I mean, I I love what we just talked about. But I'm in. I feel like so many people are like, man, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in Canada. I want to work in Canada. Yeah. Is that realistic for someone? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what uh, I thought. Yeah. It's it's really hard if you're if you can't work there if you don't have papers. Canada's just like the U.S. as far as immigration. It's it's hard to get working papers. Um, and funny, you know, I haven't worked that much up there. Uh, my Canadian agent gets me great auditions for stuff, and my booking percentage is not great up there. But I'm being seen. Which is nice. Uh, I have agents in different markets, which is nice, and we can talk about navigating that. Um, but the thing is, for Toronto and Vancouver, for stuff in Toronto, I would be a local hire. So I would have to get myself up there and stay with friends or family or something, which is not a big deal. But no one's going to fly me from Atlanta to Toronto, right? Right. Now, if I book something in Vancouver, they would probably, they would probably fly me. Um, because they're going to fly an actor from Toronto to Vancouver anyway, so why not? Yeah, fly from or L.A. to yeah, Vancouver. Or L.A., yeah. yeah. Um, interestingly, Catherine, my wife, booked the lead number one on the call sheet in a Lifetime movie uh, in the summer of 22, and it shot in Vancouver, and they flew her. They got her her papers. She did, It was like, because she doesn't have citizenship because she was mm. born here. She's not Canadian because she's married to one. So um, she was like one of those American actors that they fly up to Canada and get them do all the immigration stuff for them, which was cool. So. so for that to happen, you're really just auditioning here like normal. And then it's like, oh, by the way, this film's in Vancouver. We'll do everything for you. Yeah. So an actor shouldn't be focused on that's a really big market up there. I should try to put energy into it. It either will happen or it won't. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Like the best, I mean, L.A. actors, American L.A. actors are auditioning for stuff that shoot in Vancouver all the time. Right. And they're getting flown up and they're getting their immigration taken care of by production. So, yeah, that's the way to approach it rather than I want to get a Vancouver agent or a Toronto agent, but I don't have the ability to work in Canada um, because they want local when they want Canadians. 
it's you know the whole quota thing, right? It's like they they can only have so many uh, American actors. Right. They have to hire within the country, so it's you know it's funny because I just auditioned for something for Canada and it was a very narrow uh, description, and I was like, God, there's probably like six guys that can do this role in all of Canada. So I don't know, we'll see, because it was a height requirement. Oh and, you yeah, know, yeah, and it's like so. I was like, oh, I got a good chance at this yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love when that happens. You're like, right? yeah, yeah. Narrow, narrow out the herd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> must be a Canadian citizen. Must be six uh, two or taller. Um, yeah, so sweet that stuff. But yeah, I mean, it, it's also if we're going to talk about you know having agents rep in different markets, I think what a lot of people don't understand. Atlanta actors like, I need an LA where I need an LA manager. I need an LA. I need a New York manager. It's like, okay, are you ready to fly yourself there? Are you ready to put yourself up there? Because you're going to be a local hire, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's and I, it's funny. I talked to Chase Paris about this recently, and he said, he said we might be on the precipice of a time when they do fly Atlanta actors to LA and New York. Like that may be come a thing, which we can only hope, right? Yeah, um, I mean that would be incredible if because if they if in LA they audition an actor in New York, they don't think twice about flying them to LA. Right, exactly. But they would not do it in Atlanta right. yet. Yet. Yeah, it's coming. I mean Catherine did a movie called Topper in 2022. It was in LA. It was through her LA rep and they flew her from Atlanta. No, no question. It was just like, oh she's in Atlanta. Okay, yeah, we'll fly her. Uh which seemed like a breakthrough. It seemed like a breakthrough for us. So yeah, I think it is going to happen. Uh, you know, is Grey's Anatomy going to fly you and me to LA for a guest star? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Probably right. not, but maybe down the road. But you know what I think is also probably helping that is I feel like pretty often whenever I'm on a set, I'm chatting with the series regular, uh, and I'm just assuming they they live in LA. Yeah. And and they're like, oh no, I live in Nashville, or oh I live in Florida, or I'm like, yeah. oh wow, really? Yeah. And so I think. Now, be, the industry is just changing where a lot of people that were like, well, I have to be in L.A. have realized they don't have to be in L.A. and then go live wherever they want. Yeah. And so I think also that will change the horizon for us as well because everyone's living wherever they want. So it's yeah. just, Atlanta becomes just another city that you got to fly someone from Yeah. as opposed yeah. to, no, you must be here. Um, yeah, for season two of Welcome to Flatch, which shot in Wilmington, um, season one I had to drive. Season two, part of the deal that Lockhart made for me was that they flew me, which was so nice because it's six yeah. an hour after, six and a half hour boring drive. So boring. And it made such a difference <laughs> to be flown. So, you know, and I was a I was a regional hire. I was a modified local. So that was a big deal that they agreed to fly me. Dude, the part you got on that is so good. Yeah. It's so it good. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very, very, very fortunate, very lucky. It was it was a lot of fun to do. And we didn't get a season three, but yeah, it was uh, it was such an incredible experience, and you know, a different role for me too to yeah. play this scruffy. <laughs> it's funny because when I got the audition in January of 2020, I read the sides and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is my dad and my grandfather combined." Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> more, wow. more my grandfather, and kind of like that emotionless, you know, unable to show love. Uh, my dad is a very, very loving person, but when I was growing up, he was a little guarded. So I was like, oh, yeah, I know these guys. I know these guys. Work, working class guys. Yeah, that's that's you know. awesome. You know what? I'm so glad that you just said that because this this story is going to be so, I, f- I feel like, transformational for so many people is that immediately, you booked it, obviously, like immediately what you did is you grabbed something from your life 
that you don't have to figure anything out. It is from your life. It's yeah. from your grandfather. It's your grandfather, a little bit of your dad. And that's what you did. And that's what made it unique. That's yeah. what made it stand out. That's why you booked it. Thank you. Yeah. And and you're right. And when I teach and I and I know newer actors need the structure of script analysis and and you know, some people write pages and pages of notes. That's great. I mean, honestly, if we're being honest, I read those sides five or six times. I don't think I wrote anything in the margins. Yeah, I learned the lines and I did it because it was instinctual for me. It was, but I'm at a point, in, as are you, in your career where the instincts can kick in and you don't, you know, I mean, we talk about this at the studio. It's like when you're a newer actor, your process is probably three hours working on a, on mm -hmm. a script, right? And now for us, you know, it can be... 20, 30 minutes, and we're like, okay, let's tape this. Yep, yep. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just that repetition. I remember I had a coach. I Yeah, I worked on it forever. She read it one time, getting ready to put me on tape, broke it down better than me. And I was like, what the heck? How did you do that? And she's like, I just read more scripts than you. And then yeah. once I started taping people, I'm like, I got it. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm starting to do this faster, not even realizing it. But it, it like, I had to read 500 scripts. Right. I had to do 500 auditions with people or, or however many it was. I don't know how many it was, yeah. but it was hundreds for sure. And I bet you don't get in your head anymore. I bet you don't get in your own way anymore. You know, you yeah. get to a point where we are in our careers professionally. It's like, I don't want to say it's, well, I mean, it is easier in a way because it's just, yeah. we have a process now that works for us and it's simpler and we don't put all this stuff into it. I do want to tell, can I tell a funny story about Put, Welcome to Flatch? Yeah, please do. So it was called This Country um, when it was first shot. And I'd auditioned, taped, and then they wanted me to come to Wilmington for a callback. And I was shooting something here. So I couldn't. And they then they came back to Finn Cannon's office and said, can, can Jason Skype? And I talked to the director producer. It was an indie thing I was doing here. Director producer on this, I was like, hey, could I get away tomorrow for like an hour? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we can make that work. You just let me know what you need. So I went to a Publix parking lot in my car and used my phone as a hotspot and had my laptop on my steering wheel. And I did my, it was a chemistry read with the lead girl who's who had already been cast. And it was Paul Feig who directed Bridesmaids and Jenny Bix who was a showrunner and Lisa Mayfin Cannon, and then uh, Holmes, who was the lead on the show. And we did a Skype. Uh, we did it you know, wow. three, four times each scene and got direction and notes, and they were so friendly and so fun. I've got, I, Lisa Mayfin Cannon was so kind, she sent me the copy of the tape of my call. Oh, cool. Um, and it was so great. And I tell I gotta tell newer actors, if it had been 20 years earlier, I would have been like, oh my God, I'm in a car. Oh my God, this is gonna be. I was like, I'm in my fucking car. I don't care. You know, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. So this is what this is where I am. This is what works. And Paul Feig's on the other side going, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to do this callback. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Right? The stress that we put on it. And I was like, this is how it is. This is our industry now. I can Skype from my car in a public parking lot. And how badass is that? Right? It's so great. Everybody wants to get back in the room. If we go back in the room, we can't do that. We can't. Yeah. Take a quick break while filming to go do a callback yeah. that puts you on set for however many weeks you were on set for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, nine episodes over two seasons, right? I mean, it was uh, it was a freaking great experience, it, and but I put no stress on it. I was just like, I'm just going to do my thing. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's because 
I say this like with an asterisk in a way, like, because it's like less important. Like, and I don't mean it's not important. It. It's just, it's just less like there's other stuff that we're doing. And like, we know that this is a great opportunity, but there's a great opportunity tomorrow too. And there's a great opportunity next week and next month and next year. And one of them's going to hit. I'm not worried about yeah. it. It's like less important. Yeah. Um, funny story that relates to that in 2022, I had a great 2021. It was a great year for both Catherine, my wife and I, 2022 started, um, and I got to June and I had not booked anything, mm. zero. And I don't count, I don't track my auditions anymore, but I went back, I went back and I counted 62, <laughs> 62 auditions between my LA rep, my Toronto rep and Atlanta rep and not a single booking. And I can tell you, Jesse, and you know this for yourself, every one of those auditions was really good. Right. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. You don't see every audition I love. Yeah. I'm like, I was I was incredible. Yeah. Why? How did I not get this? <laughs> but I don't hit submit audition unless I'm hundred percent confident that I'm can be competitive, that I can yeah. you know, that I can book that role and do it. So uh we get to June. I booked uh one fast move, uh, this movie with uh KJ Appa, is that his name? Played um uh, on from Riverdale. So I booked this movie. I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. Kat and I go to LA. So I hadn't shot it yet. I booked it. And I was like, okay, the, the, the dry streak is over. Kat and I go to LA. We had the Man from Toronto screening uh, on one night. And the next night, we had the Terminalist screening. So we had two back-to-back LA oh, red carpets. Oh, man, badass. It was the best. Um, and we got COVID while we were there. Worth it. <laughs> so we came back. We tested, we had COVID, and they had to recast me in the film. Oh, right. Um, so Gary we, Gary Weeks got the role. So ah, Gary's you, great. So you're welcome, Gary. Uh, <laughs> and most of the time, Gary's the number one, and I'm the number two, so it was reversed. Yeah. And I, I love him. He's a great guy, very talented guy. Um, luckily, the second half of the year, you know, uh, Flash came back, and I did season two, and then I did NCIS, and so it, it redeemed itself. But, you know, we talk about momentum, and we talk about it's we can't there's no rhyme or reason right 62 auditions they either cut the role they went different gendered it went different ethnicity it went older it went younger we we can't control that stuff and what i control in my auditions is my preparation and what i do on the mark in the moment it's like that's what i can control right you know i mean yes i'm preaching to the choir here but um, the whole Flatch thing was was a great lesson for me as far as like, yeah, just this is how it is. This is what it is. Um, quick side story for that, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, I love and side stories. Th- this this relates to our industry building relationships and planting mm-hmm. seeds. So in 1999, I did a little show called Sex in the City, uh, season two. It was my first big booking. I'd done soap operas in New York, but I had not done like big HBO stuff. And it was one episode, it was opposite Kristen Davis who played Charlotte, and it was so much fun. I had the best time. And um, now there's several stories in this. But a few months later, we invited 10 people over to our apartment to watch the episode, and I wasn't on it. Oh, yeah. My role had been completely cut. Sounds about right. (laughs) Completely cut. They completely cut our storyline. And it was devastating. But fast forward to 2020, and being on that Skype call with Paul Feig and Jenny Bix. Well, Jenny Bix wrote the episode of Sex and the City I was in 20 years earlier. Whoa. And she was an executive producer on Sex and the City, and she remembered me. Get out of here. When she saw my tape for Flatch, she remembered me. And when I was on the Skype call and she came on, she was like, hi, Jason. 20 years, right? So what did I do 20 years previously? I showed up. I was a pro. I was kind. 
I didn't, you know, I wasn't an asshole on set. Um, I did the job. 20 years later, she remembered that. And yeah. I got hired on, on Flash. So do I wish she'd hired me sooner than 20 years? <laughs> totally, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, we're always laying those seeds. We never, you never know. I was on a show season one that's in season four right now. And a tiny co-star in season one. And they're starting season four. And they just reached out to Lockhart to see if I'm available. And I was like, oh, okay. That's unexpected. For the same role, right? To come mm -hmm. back as that guy. And I just don't want to mention it because I don't want to jinx it. Um, but... You know, it's, if we do good work, if we show up, if we're professional and, and we, like I say, lead with kindness and grace, people are going to remember you. You know, you look, I look at, you know, look at the people you've worked with. It's because of relationships, a lot of it. Dude, not only that, though, but I actually want to flip the coin of that because I think sometimes we're like, what the heck? I did such a good, well, well, the 62 auditions where we crushed it and we're like, how the heck did I not get that? We don't know what's happening behind the scenes of... Like when you really look at Welcome to Flatch, right? Like really nobody else had a shot. Nobody else had a shot. I'm sure there are a lot of other people had some good auditions, yeah. but you were able to bring real life experience that was perfect for that character. And then the producer like remembered you as soon and, and as soon as she saw your tape, probably was like, I love it. I, I, I've been wanting to work with this guy again for 20 years. And meanwhile, you have the however many other actors that are like, man, I did such a good job. Why didn't I get it? And so I just, I think looking at the other side of the coin is important too, is like continue to build your relationships, continue to do good work, continue to show up and do all of that. And then you'll be on that other side of the coin where nobody else had a chance except you. And it's just so many other things that are out of our control. The things that we do have control, just like you're saying, those are the things to focus on. Those are the things to improve and be excited about and know that those are the things in the journey that are going to continue to propel us forward. Yeah. I, I feel bad for the three guys that drove to Wilmington from Atlanta for that mm, callback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Holmes, the lead on the show, told me later, she's like, yeah, three guys were in the room before you. And then we came on the Skype with you. She said that the Skype finished and Jenny turned to Paul and was like, yes. And Paul was like, okay, let's talk. But yeah, it was, it was done in the room right then and there. Um, I want to go back to Man for Toronto because this is funny. When I was on set in Toronto, um, I met Jason Blumenthal, who was one of the producers on it. And he first words out of his mouth is like, oh, my God, man. So where do you live? Atlanta, Toronto, where do you live? <laughs> uh, he's like, we booked you in Atlanta. I was like, and then I get this email, random email that you can work in Toronto. Uh, he said, man, your tape was the best. He said, as soon as I saw your tape, I said, no more. Don't look at any more tapes. This is the guy. Wow. And I was like, you know, we don't very often get that kind of information. Right. And I was like, Wow. Feel bad for the other guys that tape for right that that got but, it in like I don't know like when you got it in but you know they got it in later than you yeah. and that was the downfall yeah. and I got a, I have a great story regarding that uh, don't sweat the small stuff which I did for Lifetime uh, number two on the call sheet opposite Heather Locklear who was you know my high school crush so that was fun um, when I got that audition it was a Wednesday night and it was due Monday okay and it was three scenes it was a lot. And luckily I had, that Thursday was open for me. And Catherine and I worked on it. I really, I did really work on that script because um, it, it was great material. And we taped it and it felt kick-ass. Sent it Thursday, probably by noon. And by Friday, I was the director's pick. By Saturday, the producers had approved me and they were just waiting for Lifetime to approve me on Monday morning. So if anyone waited till Tuesday to get their audition in, they didn't even get seen. 
I hear these stories right. all the time. I hear these yeah. stories all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. And and I don't understand how actors keep asking the same question. Do, do I really need to get it in before the deadline? It's like, I mean, it gives you a better... This is the thing is you don't know when it gives you a better shot. Right. You don't know. Yeah. So just just know that it can. Yeah. So if you want to take advantage of it, you you should. Yeah. Um, Catherine just auditioned for a show that Ryan Murphy's doing in New York, and it's I love like, Ryan Murphy. I know, I know. The stuff he does is so wild to me. He does like like you never put them in the same portfolio. Like yeah. I don't know how he can be so different in everything. It's yeah. incredible. This is the show about Aaron Rodgers, the football player. Oh, um, he's doing. Uh, and Catherine's she got the audition. What's today? Friday. She got it Wednesday, and it's due Monday. And we got it in yesterday. Yeah, it's like and I because I was like. Catherine, this you this role is you. Yeah. Like, let's and I taped her yesterday and we did one take and I was like, "Do you want to do another one?" She's like, "Let's watch it." We watched it and she's like, "Yeah, let's do a safety." So we did two takes, right? And we still sent take one. Yeah. And and that's that's something that happens over time, right? But I hear about younger actors. You hear about newer actors, right? Or you've been in the room with newer actors who do 14, 15, 16, oh my gosh. 17 takes. Can't. It's like you're just going down a wormhole that you're never going to get out of. Yeah. And like we talked about earlier, the guy that I taped at Drama Inc. and he came in and he was like, "It's for Stranger Things. Can you imagine if I book this?" I'm like, "It's like just, it's just an audition. Okay, yes. just slow your roll. Yeah, it'd be cool to book Stranger Things, but don't put that weight on your audition. Yeah, don't put that heaviness of, oh my God, can you imagine what my aunt in Des Moines will think of me being on Stranger <laughs> Things? It's like that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I could tell. I could tell. I know. We get endless stories. Yeah, I feel like we could do, we could just talk about credits and being on set and have a blast. But I, I absolutely want to bring up the service that you give within the community with Drama Inc., within the co-founders that we also talked about. Can you talk about specifically the importance that you and the team uh, find in the service that you give the actors and bringing up these new actors and what you guys do in Drama Inc.? I mean, I think you know from your experience in helping actors is there's nothing more satisfying than seeing someone who came in green and didn't know shit, and now they're doing you know recurring guest star on something, right? Yeah. Or, um, we look at the Atlanta success stories, right? Like Alexis Louder, Tyner Rushing, um, Madison Thompson. They've all been series regulars, and they all took classes at several places in Atlanta, um, but passed through Drama Inc. at some point. And that it's rewarding, and we never take credit for that, right? We we don't say, "Oh, we did this," but it's nice. It's a great feeling that, like, hey, we helped show someone a path. Yeah, we because we say at Drama Inc. that it's a business of opinions, right? You and I have it opinions. Is, yeah. I think you and I line up on a lot of our opinions, but we probably have differing ones too. So you can't take everything at at you know as set in concrete. Um, and we give people what I like is we give people different points of view. Uh, this pains me to say this, but we have 28 people on staff, uh, <laughs> which is awesome. But it's also, it's, you know, we offer a lot of classes. And we, I think we're the place in Atlanta that offers the most techniques because we have Meisner, Chubbick, Viewpoints, Linklater, uh, Uta Hagen. You know, we offer a, a wide range of things for actors to discover what works yeah, for them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then when you get into our on-camera classes, um, Differing points of view there with our teachers, right? Claire is a different teacher than Catherine is. Catherine's a different teacher than Alex Collins is. Alex is a different than Michael Cook is or April Billingsley. Or, and we have a lot of crossover, right? We have people who teach at, at several studios 
Um, I know April, you know, taught at Catapult and I think she's done stuff for you. And I love that. I love that. I'm, I'm like, if a teacher reaches out to me like, Hey, I want to teach a class. I'm like, go for it. You know, go, go for it. This is a community. Yeah. I'm never, I've never been one that's like, okay, Catapult get seen, you know, that it's like enemy. It's like, no shit, we're all part of this together. And that's what's so great about Atlanta, right? Versus New York where it is hyper-competitive and where you get into acting classes and it's like, okay, what's this guy? What can he do, right? Right. We don't get that as much here. We get, people are just like, okay, I want to be part of a community. I want to feel supported and I want to learn and grow. And, you know, it's, it's a labor of love. Um, you know, it's exhausting at times, but it's also very, very rewarding. It is. And you know that, absolutely. If you're enjoying the podcast, I know you'll enjoy this story. Many years ago, I wanted to write a book, and one of my coaches said the title of the book should be something that is a huge pain point for actors. I want you to think about that and figure out what it is. And I immediately knew what it was. Rejection and actors having to deal with that rejection over and over and over again. And so he said, that's the title of your book. And so I wanna send you my best-selling book, Turning Rejection into Success, Creating an Actor's Positive Mindset. The book is set up into a 52-week series to give you motivation and inspiration as you're on your actor journey. And I wanna send it to you for free. So there's a link in the description. All you got to do is put in your email and I will send it to you immediately. So this can be a fantastic tool as you are on your journey and you find that success as an actor. Why do you think we don't have that same competitiveness? Because we are competitive, right? Sure. But it's not like this this enemy competitiveness. Yeah. And, and it's been brought up on the podcast so many times about just Atlanta, the Southeast. Why do you think that is? <sighs> Let's hope it stays that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? definitely. Um, I just think that the pool is not as big. You know, in LA, there are so many actors. And the pool, as you know, in the last 10 years has gotten much bigger here. But well, that's something to ponder because I don't have a, a, a straight up answer for that. But but we just got to just keep it, keep it, keep it good. Yeah. Just I mean, keep it nice. I mean, Erica Arvald said it to me. She said, she said, community, not competition. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. You guys do your thing. It gets seen. Eric does his thing at, at Catapult. Erica does her thing at Arvald. We do our thing at Drum Inc. And they intersect a lot, which is so cool with students and teachers. And I tell students all the time, please go study somewhere else. Go take a class somewhere else. Go over and see Jesse. Go take a workshop. Go take an agent workshop or a casting director workshop and get different perspectives. Yeah. Get in front of people. So um, I, I love it. I mean, look at I'm sitting here right now and I know there are people in Atlanta that are like, oh, get seen and drum ink. Yeah. Oh boy, they're enemies. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> Jesse called us like the first, I'm gonna say this straight to camera. The first or second week we were open, called us and was like, hey, I'm Jesse Malinowski, and we just opened a studio and you guys did. And you know, I still remember that because it's it was like that was that was High class, you know, as, oh. as my mother would say, that was that was high class. Nice. You know? Well, thank yeah. you. And and you said uh, how how many how many uh, instructors did you say? Tw well, we have twenty eight, including instructors, uh, tapers, and interns. Okay, so so, so twenty eight so instructors. So, I think there's eleven or twelve right now. Yeah, but twenty eight, you know, within the Drama Inc. team family. And so, what would you say? Because I mean, you're obviously a, a leadership role there at Drama Inc. What are some things that you've learned? 
having to take on that leadership role because mm. it's it's different when you're like i got this idea to do drama inc with my friends and my wife this will be cool to where it is today which is much different and yeah. you as as a man as an individual have to level up and have to grow what, what are some things that you've that you found um you know uh, gary v i don't know if you yeah uh, of course i love gary v and he said realizing that no one's going to care as much about your business as you do mm. right it's critical like we have passionate dedicated people but they don't go home and get into bed and think about the numbers right <laughs> i don't think about you know getting the 1099s out or the tax stuff or the business license that that stuff's not in their mind no one cares about your business more than you do and and as actors no one cares about your career more than you do right there's jesse malinowski is the person who cares the most about jesse malinowski's acting career yes that's, that's right. it right um, but yeah, I mean, I think my parents were both, uh, my dad was working class and then worked his way up into middle management at a steel company. And my mom managed and, uh, became a manager in an insurance company. And I saw how they led as a kid, as a teenager. Um, I remember my dad had a, a hearing impaired employee who came over, um, and my dad didn't know sign language. He came to our house. And my dad was helping him do his taxes. And he was like some guy from the from the steel plant who worked on the floor. But my dad was just like, this guy needs help. I'm going to help him out. And I, that just stayed with me. I was like, oh, wow. Wow. You know, How old were you? Probably like 11. Wow. You know? I was like, wow. I was like, who's this guy that dad's with who can't, who can't, you know, he's like, okay. You know, he was, he had the, the right. he could speak a little bit, but it, he had trouble forming words. And he and my dad were communicating together and they were writing stuff, notes to each other. And, and I was like, wow, dad's just helping this guy out. He wasn't charging money or anything. He was his boss. So I just always think, I don't know, it sounds so corny to say it just always comes back to kindness, but putting yourself in that other person's shoes, going, you know, when when we have a meeting with a teacher that, you know, something's not necessarily going the way that we think it should, uh, we always start with, so how do you feel about, you know, how do you feel about what's happening in this class or with this class? And why do you think it's not filling or, or whatever the question is? Always giving it to them first to say, okay, uh, well, I don't think you guys have promoted it hard enough or what, whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I think listening is so important for leaders. Um, listening to other ideas and being open to other people's ideas. Yes. Right? So... I knew what Drama Inc. was before we opened. I had it on paper three years before we opened. I had the logo made. I had the business plan. It was ready to go. I knew what it was. And we became friends with Clarence Scott, and it became even more than that. And what is on paper from 2013 is very different from what it is now. Yeah. Because you don't, you can't see that road. Um, I, can't, I couldn't see you know, 28 people on the staff. Right. Down there when it was just the four of us doing everything. So I think leading by listening and being open, staying open. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 50s, you know. I, there are people my age who just get very set in their ways and there's like, yeah, I'm just who I am now. And I don't want to ever be that. I always want to be evolving. I always want to be learning new things. Um, I'm starting flying lessons. I mean, I'm going to try to get my private pilot's license. Oh, nice. I was thinking about doing that too. Wow. And I was like, ah. Let's do it. You know what? All right. So hold on. I have to tell you. So so my business coach was like, oh, yeah, I did that. I call it the $500 cheeseburger. And I was like, $500 cheeseburger? What do you mean? And he's like, uh, you, um, you know, you have to continue to practice 
So what you end up doing is, you know, you'll tell Candace, hey, it's a Saturday, like, let's go take the plane and you'll fly to a city, you'll land, you'll have a cheeseburger and then you'll fly back and it's about $500. Uh, and I was like, this sounds horrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been looking at flight schools. I went to one in Gwinnett. I actually uh, went up in a plane before Christmas and I got to, yeah. take, I got to take the controls and it, really? you know, it was really cool. But um, So you're hooked? You're doing it? Yeah, yeah. I've got some materials that I'm, I'm going to do ground school first and then see how that goes. Okay. But, but the point being that, you know. It's just pushing yourself outside of your exactly. comfort zone. Always. I, yes. Always. I want to learn new things. I want to I wanna know. <laughs> I never want to be that person that's not relevant anymore. I think, you know, staying relevant as you get older is, is, a, is a worry for artists. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, what I have to say, does it still matter? But um yeah well you know i think i think also like i i think like i i love where your mindset is and just like i, I want to continue to evolve right and you're like i'm gonna do this flight school and, and i'll start with this and you know what you might do like the ground stuff and be like this is too much i right. don't want to do it and know right. that it's okay yeah. to just be like no Absolutely. i'm gonna i'm gonna switch now i'm gonna do salsa lessons yeah or now i'm gonna do xy now i'm gonna rock climb or whatever yeah. it is yeah. like now i'm gonna go just do something else and and i'll just continue to change and switch and evolve until i'm like this is awesome yeah yeah i took my first class at drama inc last year really i, I was like i want to try stand up and i was like i was looking at online at like places plays that teach stand up and i was like wait a minute i own a studio uh, <laughs> And I reached out to Ryan King. I was like, can you teach stand-up? He's like, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do a class. So I took a class. That's awesome. And I haven't gone to any open mic nights, but it, but I did it. I was like, I wrote my five-minute set. It was a lot of fun. I got to, you know, be in class with people I knew, uh, other students, and it was just a lot of fun. So I bet. Yeah, I want to just always be open and remain open-minded. And I think, you know, travel, I always say travel is so important, right? Seeing other cultures, seeing how other people live, understanding uh, that the way we live here in the U.S. is is not the only way, right? There's a there are billions of people, five billion people in the world, and, and yeah, um, different. So I'm so I'm so obsessed with travel. Me too. Me and Candy, we love it. Yeah. yeah, and that's you know, if I can, I know you were talking with Jason about balance, which has always been a thing that I you know I talk about as well, and finding that balance in your life. And Catherine, I've really tried to balance Drama Inc., our acting careers. And then having home life and time together and time for ourselves and time to travel, it's super important. So Yeah, I I, I mean that's a perfect segue because I wanna I wanted to bring up Catherine. Um and you know, you all have been together. I mean, I think I saw on Facebook or something, it's a picture of you too. I think you're in New York, but I mean it is so long ago. Yeah. I mean, you how yeah. long have you guys been together and married? Oh my god. Uh we met in nineteen eighty eight. Wow. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. And crazy. I and, was twenty two. And yeah, and we got married in 91. Oh my God. Good for you it's guys. Insane. It's insane. And you know, we've only come close to divorce about four or five times <laughs> this year. No, um, uh, hey, listen, marriage is, is a lot of work and I'm very, very, very fortunate to be with a partner who is so chill and um, she's, funny and she's smart and uh, we are just the best friends in the world and you know we have a lot of passion for what we do and we celebrate each other's wins yeah it's, it's huge I mean Catherine's success for me people are like oh you're jealous I'm like no 
I mean, yeah, I, I, sure, I'd like to have been on Stranger Things and gotten the buzz that she got, but I'm not jealous. I'm just like, because a win, you know, you probably have this here too. It's like a win for you is a win for Candy. A win for Candy is a win for you, right? Yeah. It's all. Sometimes I wanted for her more. Yeah. 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 I mean, sometimes I'm like, I, I, I want, I'm gonna, I feel like I will celebrate more if it's for her as opposed to it being for me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. There was, uh, when they were doing Taken 3 here, like six, seven years ago, there was a role of uh, NSA man. It was like a page and a bit scene with Forrest Whitaker. It was a great scene. And every guy between 30 and 60 auditioned for it. And I auditioned for it. And then they saw a few women. And I'm driving on Boulevard. I still remember this. And it's Catherine. I'm like, what's up? She's like, do you know who booked that role in Taken 3? And I was like, no, who? She's like, me. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> you booked that role? Um, I was like so thrilled for her. Like it's just, it's like if I book it or she books it, it's still in that same household. And they cut by the side note is they cut that scene down to like two lines. But uh, yeah. but you know she's in there. She's like, here are the photos you wanted, sir. And she turns and walks oh, away. But I mean, hey, you know we we all do those roles, and, and we all have our sob stories about things that got cut. Sex in the city. <laughs> So I, I love the celebration that you both have for one another. And you talked about the balance, how uh, it's e easier said than done on the like, oh, we make sure to balance drama ink and our acting careers and then our home life. And yay, we're happy family that only almost divorced a few times, uh, yeah. you know, so how, how do you guys do it? Like what, you, what advice do you have on really being able to balance the like, uh, I'll call it kind of like service and in, in, in like work a little bit. And then also like your passion and craft and career along with a loved one and then even personal life. Like how, how do you both do that? Figure out what's important. Figure out what matters the most to you. Um, I posted something at the beginning of the year about this. My word for 2014, 2024 is less because mm. I want, I want to do less of certain things so I create more space in other other areas. Um, and, you know, Kat and I have made a, a definitely a, a decision to, we're not gonna be getting together with people um, that don't matter to us. And that sounds kind of harsh, but you know this, you get a lot of invites from a lot of people, right? You guys mm -hmm. get invited to stuff and dinners and people wanna take you out and people wanna, Pick your brain. Oh no! The, no no no! No no picking no, my brain. No no no. <laughs> <laughs> those uh, those coffee dates stopped a yeah, long time yeah, ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so my information's worth a cup of coffee. Great. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. We could be going to see shows every night and people's plays and improv and stand up and students invite us to stuff and we would love to support that stuff. But we have to protect us and our well being and. Sometimes just being at home and being with the dogs is the best thing ever, right? Right, and right. Just being chill. And, you know, we balance a lot, and it's really hard sometimes. We have an army of dog sitters. I mean, in 2021, and when Catherine was in L.A. doing Terminal List and Morning Show at the same time, and her schedules were all over the map and didn't know what was happening. And then I, you know, I was here in Atlanta and teaching and running the studio and Having to worry about the dog. I mean, it's it gets crazy at times, and um, yeah, in 2022, there was a I was in Wilmington on Flatch, and she was in Detroit shooting a movie, and you know we've got like five dog sitters and trying to navigate all that stuff and getting our classes covered at Drama Inc. 
there's definitely, you know, hair pulling out moments, right? It's like, whoa, but you just have to breathe and go, okay, what's important? What's the most important thing here? Okay, the most important thing here is that I've got to be on set tomorrow morning, right? And I've got to do this scene, and this is a number one priority. Drama Inc., I can, you know, we've got a studio. That's why we have a studio manager. It's why we have partners. And that's a great thing about the partnership at DI is that we vowed from day one that our careers came, our individual careers came first. Right. Right. Yeah. So we always cover for each other. And that's worked for over 10 years. So we're very fortunate. You know, I know for you, you own your company. I've got three partners, which yeah. can be, you know, can be an interesting thing to navigate because you've got four opinions. Um, but I love it that we we cover each other and we cover yeah. together we cover all the bases. You know, Scott does all the technical stuff. Um, Claire's now, you know, Claire's producing now and um, you know, Kat's very involved in in the the development of um, new classes, and so it's you, we all have our areas. So it's really it's really great. But, yeah, no, I mean that that's awesome. That's I mean, you know, you could say that that I own the company by myself, but I mean, it is I definitely would not be here without the team that I surround myself with, and 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 Candy behind the scenes helping, and Elaine, our talent care director, and even you know the people. The people before before them that helped when we had our intern program and Virginia Kirby that yeah. was the studio manager sure. when you know so uh, we would never be where we're at without all those people so I mean the team is so so important and yes. really letting people like thrive in the things that they're good at I think is also important you know and and if you like it, it allows you to I think grow faster because if you're trying to get good at things that you're not that good at. Like, just go find somebody that's good at it and let them thrive in it. Please, that's so that's so awesome. I always say that. I said I recognize what you're not good at. Mm -hmm. I mean, it even comes down to like painting, right? I hate painting. Painting. I'm, I'm not like, painting I'm anything. Like, there are no. people who paint. That's <laughs> yeah. their business. Hire them. Yeah. Um, Candy and I used to think we, we we got on this run where we were watching like HGTV and we're like we're gonna start doing our DIY projects. We had about almost four divorces <laughs> just doing that, and we just realized you know what we're not doing any more DIY projects. We're not doing anything. We're hiring anytime anything needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just knowing the things, the areas that you don't want to touch, that you don't want to, that you're not necessarily good at, and don't want to get good at. I don't want to be a good painter. No, nope. I don't want to be a good <laughs> roofer. It's like there are people that do that stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, there's no easy answer to finding the balance, right? We're all searching for it, but I think it's critical. And I heard you say in with Jason Lockhart on on this show something about um, um oh, what was it? Whatever it was, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. No, <laughs> it just, but it came into my head and it went out of my head. Um, oh man, it'll come back to me. Sorry, that was. No, no worries, no worries. You know what? Actually, it's a better plug. Everyone go watch uh, Jason yeah, Lockhart. Yeah, watch episode. the Jason Lockhart yeah. one because Jason is one of the kindest people. He's so good. We're so lucky to have him as our agent. Yeah. Oh my God, he fights for us and he's so positive. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, he's one of the he's one of the few people that I'm like. He might be more positive than me. Or when I'm feeling positive, I'm like, or feeling down, and I'm like, no one's getting me out of this. Jason can. Yeah. Um, he yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, he is and. And man, does he go to the mat for us? Holy mackerel! Uh, it's really um, he man, does. You want to talk about somebody calling a cast director and saying, "No, Jesse's worth over scale." You know, Jesse, mm -hmm. look at what he's done. Look at his resume. Like he's he's worth you know twenty two hundred dollars for this for this day. You know, rather than the sixteen you're trying to pay him or whatever. What yeah. you know? I mean, it's just 
I love that. And he will fight for us. And, but he also, he's great. He'll, he'll go, I think this is the best we're going to get for this. Right. You know, my second season of Flatch was a whole set of negotiations. And, um, you know, he came to one point, he and Madison were working on it together. And they were like, yeah, I think this is as good as it's going to get. And I'm like, fine. It's a, it's a great deal. I'll take it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we love Jason Lockhart. We could sit here for an hour and talk. I, I know we, we can we can just start the podcast over and and talk about uh, how great Jason and Kelly is for and sure. Madison at mm. AMT, great the whole agency. team yeah. over at AMT for sure. And you know um, when when we moved here from New York, we were with Houghton and Misty. I love Misty. She's just a, a great human being, wonderful person, and uh, she was a great agent. Uh, I mean, the truth is, I mean, just like the community of actors are, I think. We're, we're like connected and we support each other and we're all kind of like in it for each other. I, I feel like the agents here are like that too. I mean, yeah. all, I think all the agents are great and it really just boils down to relationship anyway. Yeah. Like you can be with an AMT, a people store, a how and an AWA, it doesn't matter who you're with. If you have a good relationship with that agent, then they're gonna be inspired and motivated to wanna fight for you. Yeah. And so, you know, we've established that type of relationship with Jason, and that's why he fights, I think. You know, but it doesn't matter who you are, if you can cultivate and nurture and water that garden at, you know, with that agent at their agency, then it can be it can be great. I always tell actors when they're like, well, uh, I don't know about this agency. I'm like, well, they're in business, so someone's working. So why can't it be you? Right. You know, right. so, uh, you know, I think, I think all, all the agencies are continuing to grow and get better here in this market and that's why we're all growing yeah and and you're right they they i don't see a lot of hyper competitive competitiveness between the agencies or the casting directors here i mean um and that you know like i was saying earlier about the actors it's like there's not this cutthroat competitiveness here which is really nice and i think it's true on that side as well um and we celebrate each other's wins you know mm -hmm. uh when i see an atlanta actor booking a series regular or you know big recurring win for everyone like, yeah it's like damn yes awesome yep um and that's becoming more of a thing you know you've yeah in the time you've been in atlanta you've seen that change right yes. when you moved here it was it was, it was sca like scale two. scale co-stars right that right. was it scale or like three. and then yeah. i remember um oh man who was it i mean i'm if i said her name i know you'd know who it is too but it was like the first time that we heard oh my god a series regular happened but it was like one or two that year yeah. in, in out of yeah. everyone you know what i yeah. mean and i feel like each year that continues to multiply it does and i mean hats off to tyler perry for casting so many atlanta -based yeah. talent as series regulars and and will packer you know ambitions had kendrick cross and a bunch of people who were atlanta-based actors uh as series regulars so yeah i mean it's possible and what a, we live in a great city it's it's easy you know it's easy to live here the the cost of living's low compared to New York or LA and we've got great communities. So yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, actors like, Oh yeah, I'm going to move. You know, we have actors who have like two co-star cards. Like I'm going to LA. It's like, why? Uh, uh, why? bro? I'm... And you know, we have a couple students out there now who are parking cars, you know, at a fancy restaurant. It's like, okay, you're paying your dues. How's the uh, agent search going out there mm -hmm. with your credits of uh, short films that no one's ever heard of? Yeah, it's hard out there. You can get it. You know this. You can get an agent in Atlanta with 
short films on your resume. You can, right? yeah, as you long know? as you have your materials in order and you're not crazy, <laughs> <laughs> you can you can make it happen. But yeah, I, I felt the same way when I was in New York. I was like, I'm working so hard just to like live and survive. Yeah, and, like I have. I, where am I finding the time to like go follow this passion and follow this career? And, you know, I feel like that's, that's what you're up against in, in New York and Los Angeles, not, not to knock the cities at all. I would never, I never regret going to New York. I love New York and I, and I can't yeah. wait to go back for a project too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the city here, it, I think is, is magnetic and you can get in the city, but you can also get out of the city. Like mm -hmm. you have the best of everything. And we got the best airport in the world. You can get yeah. anywhere you want yeah. so easily. Yeah. When we moved down here, you know, Catherine and I are really fortunate because we were here at the, the dawn of the, the new era of, you know, yeah. 2000, still remember 2008, 2009. Um, we had an agent, we were with Houghton and we had this punk ass agent. What was his name? Oh, Chase Paris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you you know this story? Right? Oh, yeah. He worked at Houghton. He worked at Cheesecake Factory on he the weekends. He talked about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. I haven't watched this yet. Yeah. Um, you know, we would come sit at his bar and be like, "Hey, did you watch my audition for Army Wives?" And he's just like, <laughs> "Make a drink over here." Oh my uh, god, that's that awesome. awful, right? <laughs> um, I love it. So you know, wait, Chase, what did he say? Did he say that he watched it? Like, fuck off. <laughs> uh, but uh, Chase was so like there at the very beginning and he I think he had the vision he saw what was coming and you know we all started booking a lot because the talent pool was very small and I still remember like 2009 was like one of my best years ever like boom 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 there was so much going on and um then Chase you know went into casting with Tara and took all of that knowledge and uh, you know, I'm I'm really I'm proud of him. Uh, as much as I joke about him being a punk ass, but you yeah, know, I'm, pr I'm proud of him and what he's accomplished and what he and Tara have done. And it's like, yeah, wow, In yeah, so, incredible. And we have great casting directors here. I mean, they're just they they love actors. Mm -hmm. They love actors. They love discovering new actors. Um, Jackie Birch said that once to me. Uh, we were at her house and she said she had to get up in the morning and watch 500 tapes. It was a Sunday and it was like, like she's like, I got to watch 500 tapes tomorrow. I was like, you don't really watch them all, do you? She's like, yeah, I do. Cause I never know when I'm going to find that one in a thousand, you know, or one in a million person. Right. Like what that's casting. They're like, okay, yeah, we can see Jesse for this. Cause we know him. We can see Jason. We know him. Um, but they're still always looking for that, that new spark, that new person. So, yep. Exactly. So there is hope kids. And that person can be you. <laughs> Uh, well, Jason, I feel like this brings us to our spotlight oh, sign-off, wow. which is five questions to end strong. And so the first one is, what is something that you are incredibly grateful for today? I'm incredibly grateful for my mom and dad, who are 86 years old, and they are still with us. Uh, they live in Canada, so I don't see them as much as I want, but um, they are funny, sharp, and they are the people who shaped me by teaching me to lead with kindness. And uh, I'm really grateful for whatever time we have with them. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get up there. This is your yeah. sign. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was, I went up three times last year, and I'll get up there a bunch more this year. So nice for sure. Uh, what is a uh, book, TV show, movie, or event that completely changed the trajectory of your life? Okay. Nine years old. Uh, stage production of The Wizard of Oz, possibly mm. the first play I ever saw, professional play I ever saw, and I was mesmerized. 
and I just watched. And I remember the final scene, and I could get emotional talking about this at nine. I the guy, the farmhands, when Dorothy comes back at the end, and I noticed silver makeup on one of the guys, and I was like, wait, he was the tin man? And he changed costumes and now he's this guy. Like I remember the revelation at that moment blew my mind. And I just never stopped after I was like, Mom, okay, so if an actor's on stage and they get hiccups, what do they do? Mom, how do they remember all those lines? Like I just bugged her the hell out of her. But it was a pivotal moment in my life. It really was. I was like, I want to do that. I want to do that. I don't know anything about that, but I want to do that. And my mom got me into you know, theater classes and I was terrible and I was awkward and I was <laughs> clumsy. And then I just kept doing theater and as a kid and got better and better in high school. And then, you know, I, I didn't go to college. I moved straight to New York city from high school. Um, and no regrets at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me too. Don't get an MFA in acting. Don't get an <laughs> MFA in acting. I can't agree more. <laughs> I mean, every time someone asks me to write them a letter for Yale or, or, uh, you know, an MFA program, I'm like, okay. Um, no, and it's not to dis higher education. If that's what you want to do, you want to teach, um, and you feel like that experience would be great for you, then hey, go for it. I'm not, but to to do what you and I do, you do not need an MFA. Right. You do not need all that crushing debt. Um, and I'm, I, you know, I don't. I there's definitely value in higher education, but even without going to college, um, I've managed to forge this career and own two businesses and. Um, I don't know, succeed, I guess. So, but, uh, so yeah, boy, that was a long winded answer. No, I, yeah, I, I didn't realize we we're going to get in the don't get, don't go to college talk. I feel like there's going to be parents that are like, I, I can't let my kid listen to this. Right? But no, I mean, yeah, the, the, the debt that you take on is just ridiculous. And you just learn so much more by doing. Yeah. And, and I think the college experience, you know, undergrad is super important for a lot of people, right? Because a lot of people discover who they are in those mm -hmm. four years. Yeah, that's definitely. Great. But I mean, at 18, I knew I knew what the hell I wanted to do. I was so driven. Um, it's funny, you know, because I, I didn't for a long time think of myself as, am, as an ambitious person. And I look back, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so, so ambitious. Yeah, yeah. So driven, um, which isn't a bad thing. It's not a no, bad thing. not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Well, we talked about your morning routine already, yeah. so... Yeah. It was a, it was a foreshadowing to this question, but what is your favorite uh, thing within that morning routine, or what's something in there that like you really cherish? You know, sometimes um, I'm, it's interesting. Hmm, Trying not to make this too long-winded. I walk Dolly first for a mile because she's still we still having leash issues with her. We both have a Dolly, which we is both incredible. Have Dolly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I walk her for a mile, and then I come back and I get Bo, and we, well, I walk him for two miles, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more. And I've had moments when I'm walking Bo, and I look down at this incredible creature, this dog who loves me with all his heart, and I'm just like, I'm so lucky. And I'm so lucky because I have the time to do this, mm, because yeah. I've carved out in my world, in my life, this time. When I had my restaurant, it was a breakfast and lunch restaurant, getting up at 5.30 in the morning, and getting to the restaurant at 6 a.m., there was no time for anything. It was right. time to throw clothes on and, and, you know, have a cup of coffee. So I'm so thankful for that, for just being present. And that's, you know, trying to be present is something I, I strive for. We're all, you and I, we're, we're the kind of people who are always thinking 10 steps ahead, right? What's coming, what's coming? So it's hard for us sometimes to just go, 
be present. And that's what that does for me, especially when I'm walking Bo, because he's so good on the leash and he's just so chill. Mm. And, um, and, and dogs are special. And people, he makes people smile. Like mm. I'm walking and people are like, oh, he's so handsome. And you know, <laughs> I, I just love that feel of like, I've carved this out for myself. And I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the fact that, you know, I've created a life for myself and for Catherine we have together where we have the time and we have time to just sit and, and um, be. Good. You should be proud. Yeah. Thank you. you. Should. Thank you. Uh, fourth question is, what is something you're currently working on to improve in your life? <sighs> Nothing. I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I need no improvement. Um, <laughs> Uh, I am still always working on reactive anger. Um, I've, you know, I've been in therapy at times in my life, and it's always been a theme for me. Um, some stuff in my past that 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 boils up for me. So I'm I'm constantly working on uh, not not letting anger overtake the other things I'm feeling, and I, so. It's funny because I think people who know me and watch this would be like, Jason, angry? Yeah, totally. It's, it's pretty, it's in there. It's it's in there deep. And um, I think my business partners have unfortunately seen some of that, especially in the first few years. And I've Unfortunately, I've, it is the people closest to you yeah. that, that get the brunt yeah. of that, those things. Yeah. yeah. And Catherine certainly has seen <laughs> anger. Um, so it's something I'm always working on is is countering that and resolving that anger because there's some things from my past that I'm still angry about and it's like you know one of the mantras is I, I leave the past behind right I release the past I bless it and release it um and it's you know it's not always easy to do when things are really deep in there so yeah oof boy it just felt like we're in therapy yeah that was really exposing. well uh, well I was gonna say for anyone else that might be kind of dealing with anger issues how 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 are you releasing it how are you working on it? Um, it starts with forgiving the people that I'm angry with. So I recently meditated for a long time on one of those and, and really released it. And it, some of this happens on my walks in the morning. Yeah. Just going, okay, I forgive you. I forgive you. you know? And forgiveness um, isn't always easy. No, when someone's when someone has uh, scarred you, that sounds so dramatic, but it's just not as easy as we'd like it to be. Yeah, right? exactly. But I think another thing I'm proud of is that I'm always striving to be a better person. Always, I always want to be a better version of myself. Yes, I'm. I can. There's you know plenty of interactions that could have gone better in my life, uh, and I'm. I want future ones to to go really well and smoothly. Like I said, I don't like conflict. I want to I want to resolve things. So, looking for resolution. Yeah. yeah. Final question. Okay. The final question is uh, based on your life and the listeners right now. If there is just one thing, one piece of advice you wanted to make sure that they all got, what would it be? Nobody has this life figured out. Mm. People talk about imposter syndrome, right? Majority of people feel that, feel like, oh my God. I mean, Jason Lockhart talked about it, right? Uh, fake it till you make it. 
I think if I could go back to 20-something, Jason, in New York and auditioning, and when I would walk into those rooms, those audition rooms, and see the other guys, and I'd be like, oh, shit, he's really good looking. Or, oh, oh man, oh, I saw him on something. I mean, I used to see Bradley Cooper at auditions back in the day, in the early 2000s. And it would be like, oh, that guy's really good looking. You know, that's, I would psych myself out. Those guys didn't have it figured out. They were just there doing their thing too, right? Yeah. They, they had the same nerves, the same doubts, the same, oh, God, you know, I hate this mole on my face or whatever, whatever every, the stuff that everyone has. So we may look up to people and people look up to you and people look up to me. We don't have it all figured out, you know? We're, st- we're still processing. We're still learning. Yeah. We're still discovering. And um, I think if once you release that and go, oh, okay. We're all humans. We're all just trying to make our way. And and it's as simple as that. Yeah. You know? So that's awesome. Well, Jason, last thought. Yeah. You are good looking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even talk about aging uh, on camera. It's uh it's a thing. <laughs> aging aging happens. Candy, yeah. Candy's episode, episode one, what did she say? I think she said aging's a disease and I'm trying to fight diseases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, especially when you get into like editing your reels and you're like, I can't have this clip on here anymore because oh, I don't look like this anymore. So. <laughs> Um, but, but thank you. Hey, thank you, thank you so much, man, right. for being this here. This is so awesome. I really appreciate you asking me to be here. And, and you know, I, we're both in the same journey as far as like wanting to help actors. And I think this helps a lot. I think the information that you're putting out there for people really means a lot. It helps a lot. So thank you. Cool. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. it. All right. Everyone, let us know how much you loved this episode. Drop a review, drop a comment. Let us know how much you're loving it, how it's impacting your life. If you haven't subscribed yet, this is your moment. Everyone, thanks for being here. We'll see you on the next one.